Thank you all for attending today. We're um, really excited to be here because we know how important this topic is, not only for seniors, but faculty, staff, and every American as well. Um, we all know that budgeting is part of our life, whether we want it to be or not. And as is food, food is a necessity. So the two go hand in hand, hence today's presentation. We want it to be more of an interactive uh, kind of workshop, if you will. So feel free to stop, interrupt, ask questions, raise your hand like we're in a classroom, if you will. And um, we're, we can continue with questions and answers after as well. But throughout, don't hesitate. We'll be more than happy to answer anything as we go along. Okay. And again, Gail Mitchell, Chef Nutritionist, and I'm Alicia Farrell, I'm the Nutrition Marketing Manager for Villanova Dining Services. And the main question today, health and wellness. We all, we all talk about health and um, nutrition. And I think that a, a lot of times we forget that it is directly related. And here, clear cut monetary expenses. As we progress into the year 2020, Estimating healthcare costs just keep growing exponentially. And we have to wonder, what are we doing now to make sure that we're giving ourselves the proper health and nutrition as, as we age and those expenses will become greater as we get older? Um, it is definitely related and it is time to now, you know, if you're a senior, this is definitely the time to start focusing on your health and wellness because it will cost you later. Um, how can I eat well on a budget? Does this sound familiar to anybody? I'm just going to read these off. Um, when I go to the supermarket, I focus on purchasing brands that I recognize and trust. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. I look for items on sale and buy frozen items in bulk to stock up for later. I'm sure most can identify with a sale on Lean Cuisine, frozen TV dinners. I'm going to buy them all because they're $2. Stack them away in the freezer and come back to them when I need a quick meal. I avoid fresh produce because it doesn't last long. I avoid purchasing organic or GMO-free items because they're too expensive and I can't afford that luxury. And I buy mostly packaged foods because they last longer and I can trust the expiration date on the package. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I'm sure if you've walked through a supermarket, these are all things that at some point in your lifetime you have experienced or you will experience. But we can change that. Gail. Gail? So how can I eat well on a budget? Our theme today. So we're going to go with the three P's. Plan, purchase, and prepare. So how can Villanova Dinosaurs help with that? We're going to talk about how to budget for food. And again, this catering for our seniors, but us as a working class, we can also do this for ourselves if we haven't already. How to eat well on campus. Uh, most of us, most of our time is spent here on campus. So we're going to give you, you know, navigate you on our campus on where you can get the best eats and for the best deals. And how to navigate the supermarket. How to create a meal at home. So setting realistic and specific budgets based on your income and other financial responsibilities. This is not only important for um, 
your supermarket shopping. This is just important for just a life skill in general. Um, you're going to have rent or mortgage expenses, utility expenses, that expense to travel to and from work. Um, also, everyone needs a social life. So um, how I'm going to budget me going to the movies or going on that date or even planning a trip in the summer with your friends and family. So budgeting is going to be a very um, large part of your um, life once you graduate from um, Villanova. Um, it's easy to lose tracking with credit cards. So most of us probably are going to graduate with some kind of student loan debt. So don't fall in the trap of, I have to use a credit card for anything because I know I rarely use cash. So I have to keep track of when I am using my bank card or credit card because you can just it's a free-for-all. <laughs> know what you have on hand before shopping. That's um, definitely consider that. Minimize waste. Cook only what you need or to eat or plan for leftovers. Um, buy perishables in small batches. All of us have come across someone saying or saying stuff, I don't have time to cook. So the time that you do cook, if you only know you have one day out of the week to cook, plan ahead. Um, what is a big trend that I see on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, is um, people planning that one day that they're going to cook and have their meals all laid out for the rest of the week with Tupperware and they freeze and then you're making your own microwave dinner essentially. So you're able to then say, yeah, I worked a 12 hour day or whatever it may be, or you might have worked a typical eight hour day, but you have other things that you have to do. You know that you have something at home that you prepared, you know what's in the ingredients and you could just warm it up and be satisfied rather than your typical, I'll just stop at the nearest, um, pass through the nearest drive through window. Uh, maximize cheap yet nutritious foods. So some of those items are bananas, beans, and rice we gave examples of. But also um, with beans, you can get a variety of beans, whether they be the dry version or the canned version of those. Um, rice, brown rice, couscous, whole grain pastas, those are all things that you can keep on hand and have as a pantry. I'm sorry. Yes. All right. Um, how long can you expect dry beans? Forever, <laughs> forever. As long as they're in an airtight container, I've never seen beans go to waste. If they are exposed to um, air and light or moisture over a long period of time, they could degrade. And then making sure that you have it in a clean area where you don't, they're not susceptible to insects and things because if they get a hold of them, then you might see things where they have little holes in them and of that nature. But um, the other way to go would be using canned beans, and they, again, last for a long time, as long as you don't have a dented can, because then that could promote botulism, <laughs> which is poisonous. So um, those things you can have on forever. So if you did bulk up of those items and keep them in your pantry, you know you have those go-to things to add to um, soup, salads. I mean, they're quick toppers and accessories to your food. Another um, cheap food that is filled with magnesium, it's great for you, sunflower seeds. I don't know if you look around the dining hall, but we have packets of sunflower butter. It is a great alternative to peanut butter as well, um, but that is something that just plain unsalted sunflower seeds, you can buy them, you know, a large bag at Trader Joe's when you're off campus for two or three dollars at the most, and snack on those, give you some great quick nutrition, a little bit of energy. 
something like that. Again, cheap, maximizing your cheap, nutritious foods for extra snacks. And then um, we say beware of your beverage choices. Um, the, usually on the front page of every supermarket circular is always boasting about that, um, that nice soda that's on sale. You can get four for 12, you know, six, eight packs for $2, all those type of different things. And um, is our kind of go-to is it's sweet, it's, you know, has a little bite to it, but beware of that because that adds a lot of calories to your diet. Um, studies show that leave, um, forget the percentage, there's a large percentage of the calories that we intake come from the beverage choices that we make. So that goes for sodas and juices. So instead of um, spending so much money or little money on the money that you would spend on the sodas and juices, you can then use that towards buying more um, fruits and infuse your waters. So instead of saying, I'm going to use those 12 that $12 to get four 12 packs of, you know, Sprite or Dr. Pepper, I'm going to take that $12 and I'm going to buy some oranges, I'm going to buy some kiwi, and I'm going to infuse my water, and then you have a nice flavorful um, beverage choice. And then making substitutions in recipes. Um, get creative, adjust the recipe to include what you have on hand, eliminate expensive or unnecessary ingredients to save cost. Um, to me, a luxury, we were talking earlier, I was saying, well, what kind of example can I use for that? And I said Nutella, like that's really popular and it's not the, most, it's not the cheapest thing you're gonna get in the supermarket, but we look at it as, oh, it's a nutritional, at least that's how the commercial, it's nutritious, I can add it to my pancakes, but, um, a way Alicia, she kind of cuts on the cost of that is buying like raw cocoa and making a snack with honey. So you have the cocoa that's unsweetened and taking honey and you could take fruit and dip it in that mixture and still have a chocolatey um, snack that's more nutritionally dense for you. As far as creating, um, getting creative with recipes, recipes I believe are guidelines, especially to the home chef. They're not necessarily, you have to take that and do it exactly how that author or chef interpreted it. You can play with your food. I know our parents told us not to play with your food, but play with your food, with ingredients. Um, someone that might have, for instance, can't have a lot of sodium, play with the herbs. Get a lot of herbs and spices to include into your recipes so that you don't have to always refer to salt as a, a seasoning agent in your foods. Again, planning ahead. Um, it reduces your chance of making poor choices. I think everyone's heard about don't go to the supermarket on an empty stomach. And I know that I break that rule a lot and then I come home and I have all these groceries and I'm like, am I gonna really use this? Or this is just something that I thought I was gonna make because I was in the moment at the supermarket. So um, create a, a shopping list. Like everyone has a smartphone and you're on it most of the time. Create a list in your smartphone and then take that to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, how I plan ahead is I plan ahead on what I might find on sale and what I really actually need and could put them together. So if I know I'm gonna this week, and I also, the season plays a lot in mind. Right now I'm seeing asparagus more frequent in the supermarket and there's a good sale price and cauliflower, the price has gone down on that. So I'm like, how can I get creative with um, those two pieces of produce to create a meal? Um, it also helps with the monetary budgeting. So again, um, knowing that if I allotted myself $60 a week and if it's just me to go supermarket shopping, 
how can I take that and maximize on what I'm actually going to be able to bring home from the supermarket. And no one says you have to stop at just one supermarket, too. I know it might seem like an inconvenience, but if you have two supermarkets of two different brands in um, close vicinity, take go to both. They might have different benefits of going to two separate supermarkets to get what you need. Plan your meals at, uh, for an entire week. Again, if you find a recipe that you come across um, as a friend, something you ripped out of a magazine or waiting to get your hair done or pick up your laundry, take that, you know, and plug in and say, you know what, I'm going to make this for the week. And um, it could be two or three things. Or make a base meal where you can accessorize. Just like us ladies like to accessorize our clothing. We could wear the same blazer all week, but put a brooch on it one day, wear a different color shirt the next day. Accessorize your foods by making sure you have a good pantry. So like the beans, you know, having dry or fresh herbs on hand so you could take something and create a whole new different dish. Now, um, who is aware of what a CSA program actually means? Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. I know <laughs> I know. Christina is actually a part of our CSA at Villanova. Are you oh, as well? Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful program. It supports local economies, gives you the most nutrition for your buck because those foods aren't traveling very far. The longer they have to travel across the country or from another country, that being, you know, the case in certain types of food, it keeps its nutritional value. It's harvested and given right to Villanova, basically. You pick it up the next day, and then you have another pickup the following week. So it's, um, here we go, CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. It really does have an emphasis on community. Um, basically, what happens is you pay up front for a share. It helps the farmers plan. And I think that is pretty much our recurring theme throughout this entire presentation, if you will. Planning ahead, planning ahead. The farmers have to plan financially for their harvest as well. This is a way to get the community integrated with that process and keep local economies thriving as well as giving yourself the most nutrition and um, the best ingredients, local organic ingredients. And our, um, our CSA is with Lancaster Farm Fresh. We call it LFFC. And um, they're right in Lancaster County, and there are hundreds of little farms that are a part of that network. And it's really amazing. Each season, um, which we just got the spring season, or the summer shares, I should say, we have a live link on, our, on their website where you can go and sign up. You pay up front, and then those shares are delivered each week to Second Story Market. So it's a really nice program that you can give, get involved in, and that way it kind of keeps you on track. If, um, if you were to choose a CSA that's in your local community, at least you have paid up front, you've planned, you've budgeted for that, knowing that for an entire season, each week you can go and pick up the shares that you can incorporate into whatever recipes that you feel like getting creative with at that point. Um, now we move into how can I eat well on campus because let's face it we are all here for a good portion of the week whether you're faculty and staff and as seniors you're still here as well um, planning ahead again going back to that theme we do have our online menus for the residential dining halls um, we are working on getting 
the retail operations, your Cafe Nova, the law school cafe. We're working on getting those menus online as well, so you can um, see the nutritional information as well as what's being offered. Um, and realize that your late night options are options. They are, are a myriad of fried and unhealthy foods, and we do see that people still want those foods. Uh, but we are making conscious decisions to change that effort and really make sure that people are aware that you don't have to eat fried food late at night. We've recently introduced a grilled chicken, broccoli, and cilantro lime rice platter at Second Story and Dunningham Market, and they're doing phenomenally well. And we're um, looking at different alternatives, um, some smaller grab-and-go items, which you'll see a little bit later. I'll introduce those to you. Um, there you go. Let's see. I'll let Gail speak about this, the nutrition page. Um, on our um, Villanova homepage, we have, a, um, as Alicia was speaking about, a link to um, our menus that we currently serve in our resident dining halls that, um, and also for recently our St. Augustine Cafe here, um, the menus that we offer and it shows the nutritional um, facts and the ingredients and we feel like it's very important because once our customers want to know and also students with food allergies or intolerances are able to again plan ahead to see what they need, um, see what they could um, have. So um, for our resident halls it's more extensive but again it's a way to be able to plan what you're going to have for that day. Just curious, has anyone in the crowd, um, have, have you gone to, to our website to plan out or even just if you're curious to see what we have? Okay, Christine. All right, very good. We got some yeses. Okay. Yeah, and um, basically, the we have a great nutrition resource on campus, which is Gail, and we also have an associate director. His name is Jim Columban. He's our registered dietitian. Unfortunately, he can't be here with us today. Um, but while you're on campus, you have two people to come and turn to. But when you graduate and you're off campus, doesn't mean that you can always forget about Villanova. You, this, it'll still be your alum, so feel free to keep visiting our dining website because there are great nutrition resources on here as well after you graduate. Just a little sidebar. Uh, and again, eating well on campus. I think um, it's becoming pretty popular now. Most have heard the term plant-based diets. Are, are you familiar? Have you heard the terminology? I think more people are moving away from the term vegan and vegetarian. Um, some people, those terms are a turn off, um, but being plant, focused on a plant-based diet is essentially the same thing, uh, but it's a little bit more friendly and approachable, and people tend to understand it a little bit more. It's, um, it's not an idealistic kind of diet, it's based on nutrition. These are the things that I need to keep me going. I need to be on a plant-based diet. Um, and not that it's your whole diet, but even if you were to... There's so many things that play a part in um, having a plant-based diet. Again, we were talking about the local and um, the miles it takes to be able to bring the food. All that is attributed to the cost that you pay in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So the amount of grain and um, it takes to you know produce one pound of meat versus if you were to take that same pound of grain, um, the amount of grain that it takes to produce that one pound, you could feed probably the whole block with that. So. If you were to incorporate more plants and grains in your diet, and if you still choose to eat the meat, that's fine, 
but even just be more conscious and aware of that, you'll make better choices and your body would appreciate that for you as well. And um, if I'm sure you've all walked through the resident dining halls at one point. Um, we do have options for everybody. So we do have meat options for, you know, diehard carnivores. And what we're trying to do is um, develop a nutrition program where we, we have this information available on the website to see that, well, I can choose this quote unquote vegetarian or vegan dish, and it is giving me more protein in the same amount of food as if I were to have, say, a piece of grilled chicken. It's not for everybody. You can make your own decisions, but realizing that there are plenty of options for every body type, every, you know, everybody's diet, um, and I don't mean diet in terms of losing weight diet. You know, when we re reference diet, we basically mean the foods you need to eat on a daily basis for sustenance to keep you going. Um, and even without a meal plan, you can purchase nutritious meals without breaking your bank. Once again, secret is to plan ahead. Um, eating breakfast is important. I know that I, on a personal level, I never used to eat breakfast. I got to a point where, you know, I was snacking at 10 a.m., eating lunch at noon, snacking at 2 p.m. If you don't eat breakfast, it throws off course your entire um, meal plans for the entire day. So you tend to spend a little bit more if you're hungry and you're snacking. You keep going for foods, but if you can keep to a set plan, the way to keep yourself full throughout the day. And how yeah. can I eat well on campus? So. Um, we have here featured some grab-and-go items that we've probably, you've probably already seen some new ones that we're um, starting to filter in. So, um, yogurt parfaits, hummus and pita, grilled chicken, Caesar salads. Um, and then coming soon, we have apple, celery, and peanut butter, cauliflower tabbouleh salad, and spinach and artichoke dip. And um, we've introduced these to, um, again, to our St. Augustine Cafe and um, we were getting some, a really great response um, from those new items. Um, again, it's just being conscious of what you decide to spend your money on when you're in a crunch and you're in between meetings, between classes, and it's like, do I stand at the holy grounds and get that um, you know, cafe latte with caramel and whipped cream on top, or to, and you know, get it with a piece of fair trade chocolate, or do I get the piece of fair trade dark chocolate and then say, let me get the hummus and pita, and I'll get a bottle of water. So how do you allot your calories, and how do you take those and be able to stretch it out where you can do more snacks in between and still sustain your um, appetite at the time? But um, the cauliflower tabbouleh salad, that was um, actually one of our entries from our Veggie Mania competition that we held during um, National Nutrition Month, um, the month of March and it went over really well um, with spinach and artichoke dip. Um, we also uh, borrowed that recipe from a visiting author, Ann Dinshaw, who visited us last year. And um, it's just really simple, four ingredients. So it's simple, it's something that you can even prepare again at home, and no, no ingredients where you have to source halfway across the country to prepare these delicious meals. Okay. So how to navigate the supermarket. I like this one because it was brought to my attention a couple of years back. They said, you know, when you go to the supermarket, all the junk is in the middle and all the good stuff is around the perimeter. 
And I'm like, is that really true? And I'm like, I'm always in the supermarket. And I looked and I'm like, it's kind of true. <laughs> so um, usually when you walk in, the first thing, at least the supermarkets I've been to, you walk right into the produce. I mean, that is, is probably a sign from the heavens. Like maybe I should stop and pick up some of these items. So, but a lot of us are like, you might have in mind, oh, I'm coming for this and you just walk past it. And usually the produce section is the prettiest part of the supermarket. So stop a while, embrace the colors and the variety that they have and um, pick up some things. Um, smoothies are making a big comeback. So um, take a variety of vegetables, vegetables that you might not even think to eat on its own, but you mix it in a smoothie with the apple that creates the sweetness and you get those nutrients without saying, I put a parsnip in there or something I wouldn't even eat or kale. Um, usually again, the center aisles are filled with more of the processed foods. And not that there's not any good things in those center aisles because the beans are in the center aisle. So you have to go in the center aisle to get those things. But I would say 80% of those things are processed areas. Um, usually the, the meat areas, you know, past the produce, and just be conscious. I know we're at a, we're at a time now where we're asking, we're questioning everything. So I know in some supermarkets they put on there where the meat is actually coming from, and if um, the carbon footprint is an issue for you, where are they getting this meat from Montana, or is it one of the Lancaster cows that I'm eating? Um, that information is there for you as well. And then looking for USDA organic and non-GMO labels. Um, the GMO label thing is um, not really regulated so much or whatever, so you're not going to probably find as many items with that stamp on it. But getting, to, um, getting into the process of reading labels in general, my belief is if you can't pronounce it or understand it and don't know what it is and it's not in your pantry, you may want to just stay away from it and move on to the next item. So the more natural the ingredients are, most likely the better it is for you. I know Alicia has a story to share about her experience of food shopping compared to many moons ago to now. So. Yes, <laughs> I, um, I've learned a lot since I've come to Villanova, especially in this department um, where this is all we talk about all day long, mm -hmm. food, food and nutrition. And um, I've made a lot of personal changes in my own diet, lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. And um, one of the things I've challenged myself most recently with is going gluten-free. Um, personally, I think I have some sort of intolerance, but um, I do believe that cutting out wheat and gluten in general is making me feel much better overall. So uh, one of the things I did recently was challenge myself to go into Wegmans and buy gluten-free items, and I focused on packaged items, but I didn't cheat and go down the gluten-free aisle. I challenged myself to walk through every aisle, look for things that I would typically be interested in, and read the ingredients, and see, is this, is this what I want to be putting in my body, you know, basically. So just challenging yourself, um, it took me a lot, it took me two and a half hours to do that shopping trip, and I only live with one other person, so it was, um, and that bill for me was $260. All I did was buy organic food, non-GMO, gluten-free. Bought a lot of fresh produce, but I cut it down to freeze it for later. So a lot of the things I may have thought up front, yeah, I'm spending a lot of, a lot of money, I didn't go into this with a plan, 
But when I brought home my choices, I decided, well, what do I need to eat right now? What, what do I have to plan for this week with what I've purchased? And what can I freeze and use later? So um, next time around, I don't have to buy as much. I did a lot of the legwork. And from that point on, that's where you start making smaller, uh, smaller trips with smaller choices. Um, you can plan, what do I have at home? What can I incorporate into my meals for this week? And your bills will become much smaller as you continue those shopping trips. But getting or pay now or pay later. So pay a large copay at the doctor mm -hmm. and do a lifelong of prescription pills, or pay the extra two dollars to get, you know, the oranges because they went up in price because we had a drought. So instead of now two ninety nine a pound, they're four ninety nine a pound. Or you can wait a couple of years and say, well, I need blood pressure medication, I have to get this procedure, and um, my company has taken this amount of money out my check because the premiums are high. So you have to, you want to pay up now or pay in the long run? So those are things to keep in mind when making your choices. Absolutely. Okay. So I think this pretty much um, starts to wrap it up. Plan, purchase, prepare. If you're going to take away anything from this <laughs> discussion, mm -hmm. those are the three. I know for me with marketing, we have the four P's of marketing. This is a simple way of remembering it too. Plan, purchase, prepare. The three, the three P's of food budgeting essentially. Mm -hmm. um, you want to you find a recipe that intrigues you when you're trying to find a meal to cook at home. Um, but first, you want to question, is this going to be a nutritionally dense food for me to eat? Is this going to benefit me in some way? Or am I just making something that I'm going to hurt the next day? I'm going to regret this later. Uh, make, make the food work for you. You need to eat every single day. Make sure you're getting food in your body for its essential purpose, giving you sustenance. Can you substitute any ingredients? So. Um I like, again, with the recipe, it may call for butternut squash and corn, and it's not the season for butternut squash. Use the lies that summer Jersey corn and add in another, the summer squash instead. So, you know, get, um, get creative with the recipes that you're offering. Again, use the recipe as a guide, but then, because the thing is, at the end of the day, you're cooking for yourself or your family, so you only have to please them. You're not cooking for thousands of people where it's like, oh, this has to be, you know, perfect. So as long as you can enjoy it and digest it, go with it. There's no rules to, to cooking. Um, and if it's cheaper, is it still nutritious? There's always the debate of do I buy frozen produce um, versus fresh? Sometimes it's better to buy the frozen because that was picked at its peak season and it's peak season and frozen at the same time. So if there's a sale going on and you want to stock up your freezer with some of those things, go ahead and um, do that. Um, based on what's available, is it something I like to lead as, eat as a leftover again when you're planning, um, when you have your Tupperwares all planned out and you're, you know, making all your portions for the week? before you put it in the freezer, saying, well, I'm gonna put some black beans for Wednesday's night dinner, and with this one, I'm just gonna have asparagus, whatever you may want, so that you have something different, and you're not eating the same meal you had on Sunday till Friday, and it's like, I'm getting tired of this, I'm gonna go to the local Burger King or something. And um, I think we all know that we have a food waste problem in this country, in the world alone. So by planning ahead, you're actually contributing to, you know, bettering the planet as well.
utilizing the rest of your ingredients, um, what you already have available at home, and again, like Gail said, using those leftovers to to the max and um, avoid food waste and wasted money. All right, and finally we have, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> I know that I struggled with that when I graduated. Um, I went to Philadelphia University, had everything there for me, just like you know students have here. You have your dining halls, you have your retail operations. You don't really have to think about this too much while you're in school. And um, when I graduated, I, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in the real world. I have to go food shopping for myself. And more importantly, I have to know how to cook this stuff. And I don't know the first thing about cooking other than boiling water for a pot of spaghetti. <laughs> so, and now I can't do that because I'm gluten-free. <laughs> so I think um, your generation is, well, and I'm speaking more towards the seniors in this, um, in this case, but um, you have the resources available at your fingertips. You have the internet. There are so many generations before you that did not have access to a microwave, didn't have access to anything but a cookbook and a measuring cup. Mm -hmm. And that's how they had to figure it out. And, you know, word of mouth, passed down generational recipes. You have everything, including YouTube how-to videos at your disposal. Mm -hmm. You can look up anything you want. So. This is really in your hands now. If, if you want to lead your life um, and budget for food and have fun with your food, use the internet as a resource. Use YouTube, use your friends as um, ways to reach out to people. Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, we recently found on Instagram a user called College Cookin'. Mm -hmm. And they are literally making things out of their dorm. So it's, it's not impossible. Um, use it to, this is the generation advantage. of food network i mean look how that skyrocketed over the last 10 to 15 years so you are watching the the best do it now go home and practice it mm -hmm. um some of them do it to make it more theatric than what it really is but if you can chop an onion and you know what the word saute means you could create your own you know specialty dishes Yes. Pinterest is another. There you another. go. Yes. yes. I find everything on there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pinterest yeah. isn't just for arts and crafts. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Great It'll suggestion. Take you to YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It's like Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The the possibilities are endless. When you need to know something, pull up your computer. Yes. Do a Google search, <laughs> and you probably have your answer <laughs> in less than three seconds. And that is it. And you can find us on Facebook. This, again, for faculty and staff members, too. I know we have a lot of followers that are faculty and staff. Um, we put a lot of information about nutrition in general on there. So feel free to connect with us. We have some um, marketing materials up here, and um, Gail will pass those around. But um, we will open this up for questions and answers now. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. For um, I always freeze my fruits in freezer bags. Like freezer bag I will, 
Yeah, I mean, they tend to be a brick, but I don't really use them for anything other than smoothies. So I'll just kind of break off a piece of a banana and throw it in my smoothie. But Gail might have a little bit more information. Yes. And now, of course, everything is uh, a free for all. Free for all. <laughs> all these different uh, sites that you can, can choose, you know, all kinds of. Uh, uh, you can have pizza, you can have a sandwich, you can have uh, Asians, whatever. It seems like portion control might be more of an issue now in, in college dining. Def yeah. Definitely. I think. Dining in general, portion control is a big component of why we we interact the way we are because it's all you care to eat. So um, yeah, if I want to eat a whole buffet, pizza, yeah, you know. it's a buffet mentality. And even where they do control the portions and plate it to you, I mean, look at the success of Cheesecake Factory. A salad could feed six people and it's just for one person. So that plays a role. There's a lot of guides out there on how to portion. I mean, um, myplate.gov, it tells you, oh, this is this portion of the plate. I mean, it's doing like a fraction of, <laughs> of everything. I think that I personally feel like the more vegetables that you put on your plate and the variety of vegetables, and that's the thing, we, we get creative with chicken. Chicken is a, like an empty canvas and it's like, how many ways can I make chicken? Why don't we take that same mentality and apply it to our, our fruits and vegetables? With the kale, I can make a wrap out of it instead of using a tortilla shell, or I can cut it down really small and make a salad, or I can take it and saute it with some white beans and throw a little balsamic vinegar. But then we say, oh, I can make chicken parm, grill the chicken. Take that same mentality and put it to your vegetables and get creative, and then you'll probably want to eat more of those items rather than what we got creative with because the, that steak and chicken doesn't have any flavor on its own either. We do things to manipulate it to make it appetizing. So if we take the portion that you usually see in the restaurant where a third or two thirds of the plate take up your meat and then it's this little bit of cream, spinach and some mashed potatoes, do the opposite and I think that you'll see an opposite as far as your health and wellness. You know what, there's, I. Everybody's different, so there's no set standard for these things. And we can even talk about the, the government in, in that sense. The food pyramid has changed from what was recommended, what, 20, 30 years ago. That has been updated. So I think everything is always evolving and changing. And as this information becomes more available, people are starting to make wiser decisions. And I think it's really up to the individual. You have the choice available. So, you know, if you go to a restaurant and sit down and they provide you a plate, that's one thing. But if you're budgeting for food at home, you know that you shouldn't fill your entire plate with meat and forget about all the fruits and veg. You know, do practice what makes you feel good as well. And, 
you know, like I said, I just went gluten-free. I'm realizing that I'm feeling much better. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Some people may cut out dairy altogether and feel much better. So there, there are lots of different scenarios for different individuals. And I think just the food pyramid changing over the years is a clear example that nothing is really a set standard for how your plate should look because everybody's body is different and will react differently to types of foods and quantities of foods. Anybody else? Any questions? Guys, but yes. When you're using the microwave, any kind of plastics, is there like a real cancer risk? The microwave alone, the way that it heats the food, I think has um, effects on the food itself. I'm not sure of the. I don't have any research to back up a lot of the claims. But um, I think depending on the kind of plastic that you use, it could have an effect on how you ingest it and whether it will affect you in, you know, how many years. I'm sure that could have an effect on, you know, our health. Yeah, yeah with anything like that, best, best scenario is just be careful. We all know that there's something in everything that eventually may have, you know, the chance of leading to cancer, heart disease, this, that, and the other thing. Um, it's the same thing with cooking in cast iron. They say, you know, you shouldn't cook in that because you can, you know, have iron to, um, toxicity levels. So there's pros and cons. I mean, I sat in on a seminar of someone trying to sell cookware and talked about all the bad things and why this cookware was the best. So, I mean, it's all within your, your what you again, comes to personal preference, and if you have something showing information, this directly is gonna affect you. So it's more of having the research and education that is um, valid out there to be making a sound decision. Well, I hope we answered all your questions and you feel comfortable and confident to be able to budget and prepare um, nutritionally dense meals for yourself and families. And um, Alicia and I are here as a resource. We're located in Doherty Hall, or you can reach out to us through our website. Thank you very much.